0: Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. Uh, I'm Matt, I'm the host, and with me this week for the last time for a while is my co-host and sort of my partner, the uh, Lone Ranger to my Tonto, uh, and Stickney. I guess you could also have been the Batman to my Robin. Um, Would you is really weird. be
1: Robin, though?
0: i don't know i guess i feel like you'd be more like you would be the batman and i'd be like nightwing or something okay well now i'm imagining you in the nightwing costume that's weird uh anyway well it's sort of batgirl only blue instead of purple or no huntress except for Uh, okay
1: (sighs) we're getting off track here but that's okay (laughs) because we're probably going to be off track all podcast long um so hey you guys
0: How's Uh, it going? Tell tell, tell people. You know, you've made the announcements, but they should know. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: I should probably let people know. This is my last podcast for a while, uh, as far as the Blizzard Watch podcast goes. I am doing one more lore watch this Sunday, and that's going to be the last lore watch for me for a while. Um, And that's because I am leaving here in January, and I'm doing a temporary stint as an assistant historian over at Blizzard Entertainment, which is like my dream job. So, uh, that's happening (laughs) It feels weird to say that, like, out loud Like, I put it on Twitter yesterday And, like, but it feels weird to actually say that, like, out loud to people Yeah, because I've had this under wraps for a while now Like, a while now, I couldn't say anything Um, so yeah, I, I don't panic I will return I promise I'm gonna be back And, and, and in the meantime show is going to be in capable hands. Don't worry about it. Joe and Rossi will still argue and do all kinds of tinfoil hatting over on lore watch and everything will still be business as usual on, uh, the blizzard watch podcast. And by that, I mean, we're going to be begging for emails because guys, guess what? We have like no emails this week. We really don't. And we don't
0: really have anything in the way of news this week either. So. Yeah. We got one story, which we might as well tell you now, uh, They've put the the release date for patch 8.3 it's Finally. Uh, January 14th. Yeah. So it's going to be starting like a, in like 3 weeks or so. Yeah. 4 weeks?
1: I'm going to be in California three, three by then yeah. and I'm kind of mildly um not terrified. I'm I'm fascinated actually because I'm really interested in seeing how a patch release works from like the other end of things and that's going to be fascinating, I guess. So yeah, when I come back, I might not be talking lore for a little while. I might still let, like, you know, Rossi and Joe do all of the lore talking because I'm working with the historian team, which means I'm going to be learning a lot of stuff that I can't talk about. Um, Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay, guys. Don't panic.
0: What's amazing to me is that the historian team works on every game.
1: It's yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah a team, you're be it's a team. It's a team for people that want to know what historians do. Basically, I, they do a little bit of everything. Honestly, it's just keeping things on track. Historians are not story writers. We do not write stories, and we don't do any of the lore development or anything. That's all part of like creative development. Like there are other teams for that. It's they are kind of the consultants to make sure that everything is on track and that there's not any strange discrepancies or things that are going on or uh, you know if there are discrepancies that there are reasons for those discrepancies you know that kind of thing um it's a historian it's it's basically they are the repository of all of the information for all of blizzard's licensed games um and it's a big role to step into, but um, I'm a walking encyclopedia, so I figure I ought to be okay.
0: <laughs> but, you know, since we've been doing this show for a very long time, um, we've done Blizzard Watch together since we started Blizzard Watch. Yeah. So and then what, before that, we were years? doing...
1: Yeah. And that's going to be five years in February. Yeah. Blizzard Watch is going to be five years old in February, you guys. That's crazy. And um, I still want to, like, thank you guys for keeping it alive and keeping it going because, holy cow, um, what what happened with the other website, and we'll just say WoW Insider because we can now,
0: AOL, yeah. is
1: AOL even a thing anymore? I don't even know if I it's think a thing AOL anymore. AOL
0: still exists, but you know they have their their site like i imagine that
1: they're still like accepting subscription payments from people who don't know any better and think that aol is still like really good or whatever but beyond that it's not really too much of a thing anyway what happened at the end of all of that stuff there was probably one of the most soul-crushing experiences in a very long time and what happened like not more than 48 hours later After we launched Blizzard Watch was probably one of the most uplifting moments in my life. So it was a weird kind of, you know, and the fact that the site is still around and everything can be attributed solely to you guys for, you know, listening and reading and tuning in and making your voices heard and being part of our community. That's kind of what we're here for. So thanks. Yeah, but not um, only have we been doing this
0: show that long because we we we're the ones who started the Blizzard Watch podcast. Yeah, but we were doing the other podcast, the Wow on Insider, the wow Insider, Insider show. one. We were doing that one for the last three or four years before that.
1: Yeah, I didn't initially start on the Wow Insider show because it went through like several different iterations, and then it was like you and Matt for a while. I mean, it was then... me
0: and Sacco, then me and Matt and Sacco, and then you. I don't remember like if you came in to replace Sacco or Matt, but you came in came to replace in, one of both of them. I
1: think Matt Matt the Ogre took off and then and then Sako took off. I think yeah. I think it was I think it went that way. I don't know. Anyway, and then it was you and I for like I don't know. Easily 3 or 4 or, years. Yeah, it was like I for quite say a while. It was while. at least 3 years. So we've been podcasting for
0: like 8 years or something. Yeah. That's it, crazy. That's really
1: about. stupid long time. <laughs> when you
0: and, think and, about it. and now you're going to be gone and I'm having to do this by myself, so.
1: You're not doing uh, it by weird. yourself. No, whatever.
0: no, no, you know what I mean. It just yeah. it, it feels weird to to realize you won't be around. But I mean, you, I've already congratulated you, you know, personally. I I hope you understand that oh, I Oh, you're going to make me
1: cry. <sighs> Don't do that.
0: Yeah, but since this is going to be the last show we do for a while at least. Um Yeah. I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that we've never talked about much on the show because it's 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 called the Blizzard Watch podcast. And so you're not really supposed to, say, talk about other things. But no. one of the things Ann and I have in common is we love Bioware. Oh, we love do, love you, BioWare do we ever? <laughs> and we've had like the reason Lore Watch exists, guys, is because Ann and I used to stay up on, on Slack back when Slack was a thing. We used to stay up on Slack till like four o'clock in the morning just talking lore and it wasn't always a blizzard games lore to discussions no um i remember one discussion we had when inquisition came out we sat and we talked for like i'd say it was one of the till 4 a.m discussions talking about the fact that the lore of the game had had all tangled itself around like if you if you play dragon age 2 the entirety <sighs> of dragon age inquisition is spelled out for you by Sand- sandal yeah. Sandal sits there and he tells you like everything he, he talks has, about. He has,
1: he has, he says stuff that sounds absolutely crazy at the time when you're listening to him talk and it's like, okay, dude, whatever. But then when you think about it in hindsight, after playing Inquisition, it's like, oh man, the little man was just laying it all out for us. And I love it when they do that and it's clever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that got me when, when Inquisition came out, uh, one of the things they talk about is, you know how dwarves supposedly can't do magic? Yeah. I mean, if you play a dwarf inquis- Inquisitor, you can only play a, a fighter or a rogue. You can't play a mage. And dwarves supposedly can't do magic. I was going to say a course... hunter,
1: and then I was like, no, wait, that's a rogue. It's just a rogue with a bow and arrow. Yeah, anyway, sorry.
0: It's, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but, but, you know, in the same way, you can get the mark and you can close rifts. But dwarves aren't supposed to go to the Fade. There's so when you they're cut
1: off from the Fade, like dwarves have always been. They don't dream. Dwarves do not dream in the Dragon Age universe. Nope.
0: And there's a really cool moment in that game when you're talking to Cullen and you're finding out about Lyrium and Lyrium addiction, and they make a point that the 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 Lyrium seems to have a song that it sings, and if you take Lyrium. You're exposed to that song. And if you take red lyrium, it's a different song. It's a very
1: discordant sort of
0: bad. And we know that lyrium comes from these things called titans. These enormous entities. It is not the
1: same titans as... Nope. world of warcraft it's a nope. different cut type of it they're
0: they're, titan, they're big things they're like things you like you go inside them you have no idea that you're even in one you think you're just in like caverns and outcroppings and then you find out oh no i'm in a living thing all this stuff around me is this giant living thing and the lyrium is its blood essentially and what's really fascinating about this and i remember like we talked about this for the longest time I, I i don't remember how we got on the subject but we're talking about the fact that there's a there's a codex entry in the game where it turns out that oh bloody heck I can't remember her name the uh, mirror Myrdal, Mithal, uh, Mythal, yeah, Mythal, yeah, where Mythal is said to have conquered like one of the Titans and and enslaved the the dwarves. It doesn't call them dwarves, but it's it's pretty clear that's what she's talking about. And the thing is, is we know because of Dragon Age Dragon Age Inquisition, we know that the time where Mythal was around doing stuff was before the veil was established, which meant that the Titans were creating dwarves before the veil was established.
1: Which would so, be why they probably can't do any of the fade stuff.
0: They're older well, than that. Well, not just that. I think it's because they're actually part of something completely opposite to the veil and the fade. Yeah. That whole thing, like, cause that's why Templars can shut down mages because Templars are taking Lyrium and they're, t- keying into that song. They're becoming part of it. They're essentially part of the same thing. They're basically doing dwarf stuff. Yeah, and that's really fascinating to me because we we know from the game that the veil is artificial. It was made by a person. He severed the connection between the spirits and the physical world. Yep. Um, And... Now he regrets it, but that's you know beside the point. I don't know how many how much spoiler time we want to get into Dragon Age Inquisition.
1: Probably anymore. we don't want to go too far into spoilers. I would say that um, if you guys haven't played this game at all, I would highly recommend it. But I would actually recommend before you play Dragon Age Inquisition, you don't need to play Origins, but it's kind of helpful. Um, Origins, Dragon Age Two though, I definitely recommend Dragon Age Two. The gameplay on Dragon Age Two is is kind of. You go to the same maps all the time. It's, it's not it's not the most visually interesting game. What's interesting about it is the story, because the story sets up and puts the wheels in motion for everything that's going on in Inquisition and everything that's coming after. And it's really important. Um,
0: Plus, Hawk but, is one of the most fun characters Hawk to play Hawk is ever.
1: amazing. Playing a sarcastic Hawk is just chef's kiss, you know. Um, yeah. Also, it introduces Varric Tethras, and Varric is probably one of the best
0: characters in the city i love Verrick so much mm-hmm. um, oh yeah i'm playing a dwarf inquisitor right now not right now <laughs> i'm playing world of warcraft but i've started a dragon age game okay and be, that's one of the things i honestly think it's because of this whole situation with you leaving because i was like oh i miss those conversations and then i was like well why don't i play the game again but i, I started a dwarf and one of the bummers is that i won't get to romance Verrick uh he is not his heart is not available For it belongs to Hawk.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing about Bioware games that's really fun is you can romance people. And you can, like, you know, have meaningful relationships with people. There's usually a small selection of people that you can choose from. There's a larger selection in Inquisition. I always end up with Iron Bull. I always end up with him. Even when I don't mean to end up with him, I end up with him.
0: him. I dated him twice, but I ended up not feeling like it was working for me the second time.
1: I think that the reason I keep going with him over anybody else is that everybody else seems to have a lot of issues. And lo- I'm willing to logic- say that
0: the, the spy actually has tons of issues. You just happen to like them. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm like,
1: say. I'm like when I, when I think about it, when I think about it though, and, and yes, the spy does have lots of issues, but the spy is totally devoted to making sure that you're Okay. And everybody else kind of needs help with what they're doing. Which I don't have a problem with helping people with what they're doing. But when I'm dealing with, you know, closing rifts and and demons coming through portals and all of this other stuff. And Corypheus and this giant dragon thing. Like, the last thing that I need to be doing on top of all of that is sorting out my love interest's personal problems. Because I really have a lot on my plate. So, like... When Iron Bull comes to you and he's like, you know, you need some way that you could blow off steam, and I know how I can help you do that. It's like, yeah, you're speaking my language, dude. And it doesn't matter. I will go in and I'm like, at this time, I'm going to romance Colin. And I start it, and then I go, nah, I, I just, I, I, this is so, I'm just over it, Colin. I really am. I'll help you out with the lyrium thing, but. Beyond that, it's just kind of like,
0: no, I'm not feeling it. And yeah, I've let me let me go through all the ones I've romanced because I think I've romanced almost everyone. Cassandra is probably interesting. I romanced Cassandra the first time because I played a human male the first time, and then I was like, okay, that was good, down with it. But I don't, I want to see what else there is. Second time I played an an elf mage, and on the elf mage, I, I stumbled into the soulless relationship, not knowing it was possible. And yeah,
1: the first time that went places. The first time I played, I did the soulless romance, and that happened. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that. And then I said, ugh, and then I fell into the iron bull thing. And I was like, never mind, this is exactly what I want. Yeah, it was just really frustrating. The soulless one was very frustrating. The,
0: The thing about the soulless one was that that happened, and then they came out with the last DLC. And oh, you know the one I'm talking so about, good Trespasser. Yeah, Trespasser but if, was so if, good. Did you play your your elf, your elf mage again nope. in that one? No, I did not. I did. I went and took my elf mage through that one. And you get to have the the conversation you get to have with Solas is so frustrating. But also it's like, it, it's almost perfect. I think it was like the perfect way for that character thing to end. There's a part where your character is sort of flipping out. And she's like, is anything in this world just stay fixed? <laughs> just for like five minutes can stuff just stay fixed i fixed this the Why voice is actress up?
1: the voice actress for the inquisitor is very good
0: <laughs> there's two uh there's two Sue of them montano who if you saw critical role she played Ma- nala i want to say yes she played the uh the character on, on critical role who helped them when molly died i don't feel like that's spoilers at this point molly's been dead a while. Yeah. Um and Alex Winston Regan, who's the other one. She does the the English voice. And Alex She's...
1: Alex is the one that I usually go with when I'm going with the two. I do like Alex a lot. I like For me voice. for me
0: it depends on which one I'm playing. Uh with Canari and Dwarves, I almost always go you with Family Montana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And with uh for anything else I go with Alex Winston Regan. Or if I'm playing a male character, which I have done. Uh I do actually I I've played both because I also wanted to romance Oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name, the mage. Dorian? The the, the Thank you, Dorian, the Tevinter mage. I, I romanced him once, so I played a male. I uh, love a, a Dorian. Male, like, yeah, he's actually, it's interesting if you don't romance Iron Bull, because he and Dorian start kind of getting together. Yes. And that's and that weird. makes total sense. It's it, But it's weird. It's, it's like, weird, it's, but it makes total sense. It's weird to be around them. It's um,
1: weird because Tevinter
0: and... and- Tanari don't get along.
1: Yeah, there, there's there's a history there. There's a really long history there. I'm also
0: going to say this. This is one of the things we used to talk about all the time. But one of the things I want to talk about is that fact that um, the Iron Bull is one of the most interesting characters in this game. Yes, I didn't actually have a lot of I didn't have a lot of hope for him because his voice actor is the same guy who played James Vega in Mass Effect Three, and I don't particularly care for James Vega. Um, I think Anne does, but I I don't. I've never been a big James Vega fan.
1: Vega. Vega got very interesting to me, and mostly because I watched the Mass Effect anime before yeah. I went into the final Mass Effect, and you learn a lot more about Vega's backstory. And it's really, it, it's something. Else. Somewhere, somewhere in our podcast archives, we actually have a podcast that we did where we were talking about Bioware games. It's called Swords and Shields. I don't know if it's still available. It might still be up on like Libsyn. I think. Um, we had an episode where we basically we watched the anime and we talked about it while we were watching it, so it's kind of like a riff track sort of thing. Um, if you've never seen the Mass Effect anime, I, I highly recommend watching it, but I also recommend um, the riff track because it was actually pretty good. Um, listening to Mitch and Liz react to what was going on was pretty great because they hadn't seen it, but I had. Um, also, Laura Bailey makes an appearance in it she's like she does some of the voice work for it so and you don't realize it until she, she opens didn't... her mouth and says something and then it's like oh it's Laura Bailey
0: <laughs> you know how I know I knew that was the case because yeah. she does the voice for Miranda's sister in Mass Effects 2 and 3 yes yeah and I, 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 I'm i at a point now where I, if I hear Laura Bailey I immediately know who she is yeah uh, same with um, I'm blanking on everybody's names today uh, but he plays Lillidan so you know who Liam he O'Brien. is Thank you, Liam O'Brien. I also yes. know him the second I hear him. I'm like, oh, it's Illidan again. Yeah. He usually doesn't sound much like Illidan, so that's the funny part.
1: I can usually mm. pick up Liam. I can usually pick up Laura Bailey. Or um, Allison.
0: Taliesin I can pick up. Oh,
1: yeah. Taliesin I can pick up, generally speaking. That's why I oh He's that's got a very was... distinctive timber to his voice. Yeah.
0: I have a list of people, of games I want to try to get you to play. Oh. Have you played Pillars of Eternity?
1: No, I haven't. And okay, I have been chance... told that I need to play it. Give <laughs> you need a
0: chance, you need to play both Pillars of Eternity and Pillars of Eternity <gasps> 2. Not just for Mercer and, and Taliesin both being on the in those games. Uh, I think all of them did voices okay, in the in I have the to interrupt game.
1: you. I have to interrupt you because Joe just said in the chat channel that he got to interview David Guider back in the day before he left the Dragon Age franchise. I did not know this, Joe. Oh, you lucky duck. He seems like a wonderful human being. He really does. Everyone everyone over there at Bioware that worked on those games, they all seem like wonderful human beings. Um, but yeah, sorry. Pillars of Eternity. No, yes, I you have You should definitely told, pick those up. Yeah, I have been told that I should play that. Obviously, um, Assassin's Creed. I wasn't even going to talk about that. Yeah, we're, but you know, I know. Gonna, this it's is on my show. list of things I have to do at some point because uh, you talk that one up and down and it sounds fascinating and it looks fascinating and I just want to play it.
0: It is one of those games where I feel I'm a little sad that they they didn't do it as its own IP entirely, because I feel like it was a little limited by being an Assassin's Creed game. Like it still has to have all the stuff that Assassin's Creed games have, and that held it back a little bit. Um, But I liked it. Uh, I really I I thought that the character of Cassandra was just amazing. She's like up there. I would love to see. There's actually a fanfic out there someone wrote, um, and I read it, and and I'm I'm freely admitting this archive of your own that, that go there it's a good site um it was a cassandra from assassin's Odyssey ends up in Thetis and is like bodyguarding the inquisitor and dealing with the other you know cassandra from that game and it's just it's great because the writer got the personalities perfect um the, i the mean incredible we can talk
1: of, fanfic if we want to because there is oh, sure. that that really really lengthy
0: <laughs> okay, no, she's so, written like a yeah. She's written like a seventy-five thousand word fanfic. It, I think it's.
1: I meant it to be a short story. It was supposed to be a short story, and by the time I got done of it with it, I looked at the word count and realized it actually just due to word count qualified for like novella status. But um, yeah, so basically, I really like Iron Bull. I we've established this. Iron Bull, what fascinates me about Iron Bull isn't the story that he tells you, it's the story that he doesn't tell you. And he, he drops enough stuff when he's just talking to you that you can start to pick up on all of the little different threads that are there and you realize what kind of person this is. Um, and it's a really fascinating character and it's a really, I wouldn't call him broken but I would call him fractured. And he doesn't let anybody know that because he can't let anybody know that. Um, He's strong. He's the Iron Bull. He has to be the Iron Bull. Yes, that's his name. That's his designation. Um, And I, I don't know. I always thought that he was a really fascinating character. But one of the other things that always kind of bugged me is when I was playing Dragon Age, cause I, I played the series backwards, which I don't recommend, but I picked up Inquisition cause everybody was like super into Inquisition. So I started playing Inquisition. I'm like, wow, this story is really good. Gee, there's a lot of stuff here that I'm kind of missing. And then I realized that there were two other games. So then I played Dragon Age two. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that that game was fantastic. Um, I love the fact that the city is basically a character in and of itself. And you get to see the slow decline of the city and reflected in the slow decline of the city is sort of the slow decline in the region that sets off the events in Dragon Age Inquisition. And I thought that was just great. And then I went back and I played Dragon Age Origins because why not? And Origins was a fantastic story in and of itself as well. Um, Once I had played through them legit, I went through, and I still go through. I I will go through, and I freely admit this, you guys, I can mod that game so that I have, like, god-mode weapons, and I will play it with a weapon that will one-shot things instantaneously, because I don't care about the combat. I literally, I could care less about the combat at this point. It's all about the story. And these games have some of the most phenomenal storytelling you will ever play. So... One of the things that always kind of bothered me, though, in Dragon Age 2, you do deal with Qunari, who are not at all like Iron Bull, and there's the Arashok, who is one of the three leaders of the Qunari, basically, because uh, there's a military leader, there's a religious leader, and then there's a... There's uh...
0: the Arakun, the Arashok, and, and then... I always forget the third one's name. I forget the, the third head of one. the Benhazra.
1: Yeah, the head of the... The one that's head of... The, the, yeah, so there's like, there's three there's a triad that basically lead the Konari and the Aeroshock is one of those. And he's stuck in Kirkwall because he's looking for this artifact that got taken, and he's not going to leave until he gets it. And there's this whole thing that happens in the game, and I'm not going to spoil it because I do want people to go play this thing. But it, at the end of it, okay, no, I am going to spoil it because at the end of this whole thing that happens, one of two things happen. The Arishok and his men take off and they go home or the Arashok dies. But even if the Aeroshock takes his stuff and goes home, they still erect a statue that shows Hawk standing over the dead body of the Qunari leader. E- even if the Aeroshock leaves and they let him leave, that statue is still there. And it always really confused me. I'm like, why would they do that? That's really strange. And then when you go into the comics there's a new Aeroshock in place at that point. Um, and it's actually one of the characters that you run into in Dragon Age Origins. So he's been replaced. What
0: happened to him? Don't know. Um There's actually, um, first of all, I looked it up. It's the Aragina. Aragina. Yeah. Is, that's the head of the. Thank um, Secondly, there is a thing about when in Inquisition, they touch upon it a little bit, a little bit. The idea yeah. is, the idea is that the Aeroshock was not supposed to do that. Yeah. The, the they, isn't supposed if you to just... ask
1: if you ask Varric about it, Varric says and and if you ask him about it in the context of somebody who got who, who where the aeroshock left that it was basically the Canari showed up, they got their ships and they said, We will never speak of this again and that's it. Well, I found that really fascinating and I wanted to like tie together all of this stuff. So I wrote this novella, <laughs> short story, that basically tied together the events of Dragon Age 2 with the Iron Bowl. and it was very long and it introduced an original character who was just some rando, random girl living at Kirkwall during the height of all of this stuff when everything was kind of going crazy, um, nobody special, just like this baker who got caught up in it all. And then eventually ends up meeting the Iron Bull through various circumstances. And it's probably not the happiest story in the world. I don't know. I always liked the ending of it. I thought it was kind of bittersweet. But um, it makes people cry. Uh, and you can find that if you want to. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll link it on Twitter later or something. But the Kunari and the Qun have always like really fascinated me. Like That whole concept behind them has really fascinated me long yeah. we should I've probably read, talk about like Blizzard games too, because this is you know the Blizzard Watch podcast. And yes, I know. Well, I was actually,
0: I was going to say one thing um, that yeah. actually ties into Blizzard. Then, yeah, one of the things there's, there's an MMO I absolutely loved, uh, and it's it's uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, which is Bioware. Yeah, it, it's a Bioware game, and one of the things about it, it it's one of those things where I I didn't keep playing it simply because I just can't play that many MMOs at once. Uh, I don't know how other people are on this subject, but for me. Maybe two MMOs at once is the most I, I tried could to do,
1: do more than one. I tried to do Wildstar and World of Warcraft, and I couldn't, which really bummed me out because I really liked Wildstar while it was out. I thought it was a fascinating MMO, and I loved the genre that they chose, and I loved how they kind of leaned in on the wacky just enough, but there was also a lot of serious along with it. I thought it was an excellent, excellent title, and I'm sad that it's gone. But I couldn't but one of the handle things-
0: playing two, yeah. Yeah, and neither can I. But one of the things I always wanted while to steal was the way that 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 uh, you know the old Republic handled like followers, and that you got a like a follower who gave you like all sorts of quests and had a whole thing. And then basically, they're a BioWare style NPC where you can even romance some of them. Uh, I remember <laughs> Kira from my from my Jedi. There there were like quite a few of those kind of things. And I always like one of the things I, I felt when I was playing Battle for Azeroth. One of the things I really really strongly felt was that they, they did a good job of introducing all these NPCs that, for you to interact with during the war campaign. And I was a little disappointed the way the war campaign ended and that I just sort of stopped. It felt like it just literally just ground to a halt because um, they wanted to move into the the stuff with Nazoth in 8.3. And you so, kind of
1: have to move ahead, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I felt like I was playing a Night Elf for, for most of Battle for Azeroth. I don't think I will be in in uh, Shadowlands. I think I'm going to be playing my life and I maybe my Night Elf Death Knight. And then my this paladin that I have here, I think those are going to be my three. But uh, one of the things I kept thinking was that I w- they had Chandra's Feathermoon, uh, and I was like, you know, they should totally make this an old Republic style, you know, follower NPC for you to like really interact with, and really get their story. I'm not saying make make them romanceable. I mean, sure, go ahead, but that wasn't saying that. What I'm saying is that they that's one of the things I always wished that that Blizzard would steal. Um, going into like what Blizzard's got coming down the road uh, with Diablo 4 and, and Overwatch 2. And I mean, I've I've watched the Overwatch 2 opening cinematic trailer thing like 150,000 times. It's so good. It's so good. What really gets me is it managed to make me care about Genji, who oh, is yeah. not a character I've ever really cared about that much, to be honest. He's just not one of the ones I identified with. Certainly seemed like a, you know, cool character, but it was like, There are a lot of them, and I've never really been that into Genji. uh, Of all of them, I even like—I think I liked Hanzo more than Genji. But then when Genji shows up in that thing, you just like you—you're—you think like, "Oh my God, are they going to kill Winston? Are they going to kill Winston in front of me?" Like I was because I was this is my first BlizzCon, and I was sitting there as they were playing this thing, and I thought, "Are they going to kill Winston on my first BlizzCon?" And uh, there's that bit where you suddenly hear him running along a rooftop, and like "Clank, clank, 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 and he's just there. And he's, like, hitting the the, the thing's shots back at it. It's just, like, that moment... I, I legit teared up a little bit. I, I straight up did. Because, A, they didn't kill Winston. and That's good, because I like Winston. And, B, it's just, like, what, Genji? I Did did anyone see this coming? Did, did anyone know Genji was going to be the guy to show up and save the day? Because I sure as heck didn't. Um, it's really
1: just... weird how Overwatch cinematics, like, they have the capability to do that to me every time like make me tear up like every time from that very very first cinematic man when we watched that very very first cinematic at BlizzCon when they first announced the game and nobody even knew what the game was at that point we were just watching the cartoon it was it was yeah I teared up I I seriously did I think everybody there
0: did we we were just so stoked we were so stoked and then there's the Bastion short which is one of the best short animations I've ever seen it was so it's like good. forget for, if you didn't if you didn't know what overwatch was if you'd never heard of overwatch and you never heard of overwatch again like if there was no overwatch and you just watched the bastion short by itself it is a fully self-contained little movie and it's beautifully that done. Had, it doesn't need it doesn't even need to be overwatch it's just the story it, it's easily apprehended this robot doesn't want to kill things anymore it just wants to explore the world w- why doesn't it we don't know does it matter? It, the robot wants to hang out with this little bird friend and that's it and it's it's almost perfect like i i, I don't have that anything one to was say about so
1: it. well done
0: that one was probably one of my favorites honestly still to i think day. that that one's my favorite and then the reinhardt one is my second favorite i do and love the reinhardt
1: the, one i think bastion i think last bastion kind of like squeezes that out and the only reason the only reason that it does it is because it delivers that whole story and that whole message and everything else without a single line of dialogue
0: oh yeah I, I, like i said i i think the bastion one is my favorite the, the The reason the reinhardt one is my second favorite is the juxtaposition it has between reinhardt now and reinhardt then and it, it yeah. does a good job of showing you this is who the person has become this is how he became that and also the guy doing the voice of the, the older crusader has done a ton of wow work. And I just, He's I really so liked good. him. Yeah, he was really good. To have him and Darren DePaul together was just really amazing. Darren Paul, I love Darren DePaul. He's great.
1: Darren DePaul doing anything is just automatically going to be an amazing, that's, that's the other thing is like, that's, the other, that's one of the other people that I've learned to identify. Yeah, it's. I it's know weird when it's cause... Darren DePaul now, and it's weird because he does so many different voices. Like when you listen to Nazoth and when you listen to Reinhardt, that is two completely different. But it, it's still recognizably him.
0: There's a character in the Outer Worlds um, near the beginning of the game, and he was bugging the heck out of me every time I interacted with him, and I didn't know why. And then I realized that's Darren DePaul. Like he didn't sound anything like anybody else. <laughs> no, I but it's heard him. Yeah, no, you can just kind of. The way his his voice he, he leans on the gravel just enough that if you like if you listen long enough you be oh okay yeah there it is when he
1: hits That's the like, lower tones there's like this yeah. there's this I don't want to call it reverb but it is calm, almost like it's like this calming sort of purr to his voice I don't know like you, I, I don't you know how else to describe
0: it <laughs> You mentioned before that Talis and Jaffe has a very distinctive voice Yeah he does I he's got his that.
1: timber is just like really he's got there there's certain I mean, it's not singing, so it's not. You can't call it a note, but tonally speaking, when he hits a certain tone, his voice does something that is like, "Oh, okay, I know who that is."
0: You can really hear it when he does. Um, he does Darian Mowbrane in Darian. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, we we are bringing it back to Blizzard. See? Um one of the things he's he's actually going to be around quite a bit. I would expect in Shadowlands. So you know, eight point three also. You should pay attention. But um, are you still there, by the way? Yes. Okay, because there was just a huge noise on my end. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't disconnected. Uh, one of the things about his Darian Mograine is they, they do layer it. There's like, there's a kind of a death knight effect over it, but he does a lot of it himself. Like there's a point where he says, suffer well in such a way that you, that's a guy who knows what suffering is all about. Yeah. Like he does that extremely well. Um, there's, there's a lot of voice acting. Voice acting, and we've, we've come from an experience where we've been playing this game forever. So we, we came up from original WoW and BC, where the voice acting was hit or miss, there was well, some really I mean, good voice acting. The original WoW
1: game, it seemed like a lot of the voices that they did for the original WoW game, the the characters didn't really talk so much. They had like little speeches that they would say, like uh, Thrall, he had a speech when you turn in Onyxia's head, or when you turned in uh, Ren Blackhand, that kind of thing. Um, he he like give a little speech, but he didn't do much beyond that. It was just like a voice line that he said, and then um when you clicked on characters they had like NPC dialogue and a lot of that it felt like was they were lines from Warcraft three that they had just kind of imported over.
0: Yeah, and I mean there was also like for instance, um I think they Patty Masson came on to do Sylvanas, I yeah. think, during World of Warcraft. I don't yeah. think even think she was the original World of Warcraft voice. I um they, don't know. they they had a different voice in, in Warcraft three at the very, yeah, yeah
1: sure. No, she, um, she, it was the original voice for a little while. And then she came in. Yeah.
0: So, and that's like some of them, like for instance, Maiev, the voice actor for Maiev is the original voice actress for Maiev in Warcraft three, but a lot of them got replaced. For instance, um, Liam O'Brien is not the original voice for Illidan. It's Matthew. Uh, it's Matthew Yang, Matthew Yang King, uh, did the voice in Warcraft three. I don't know why he didn't continue. I, I mean, that's maybe he just couldn't do it, but I don't know. But there, there's I don't been, know. But was, Liam
1: O'Brien does a oh, yeah. really good Illidan Stormrage. So but that's I'm the not thing. is like
0: if you look from like if you look over back to BC. we'll, we'll use BC as an example. Illidan gave you some speeches, and that was basically it. Like he like I remember the biggest time that you interacted with Illidan was when you were doing the Netherwing stuff, and he'd be like, "You idiots!" And so he has like a minute of just yelling at people, and he shows up at the
1: end of it all, yeah, to say. can't you guys see like right through that disguise that person is not an orc like yeah
0: yeah and so compare that to legion where now illidan is a fully fleshed out character with like his own thoughts and opinions and he will tell you what he's it's just voice acting has come a very long way in world of warcraft and that's why to me acting
1: they they really kind of incorporated that into storytelling and and i think that um
0: was it Warlords? You, would you say it was Warlords or that really, the, or did you say Mists? I
1: would say that it started with, well, it started with Wrath of the Lich King because when they started doing like a lot of the stuff with Arthas and when the Lich King would show up to talk to you and that kind of thing, that stuff was actually voiced and I remember because I always always like to do these end of the year retrospectives as far as like lore retrospectives and I did one for Wrath and one of the things that I went over was you know, the stuff that worked and maybe the stuff that didn't quite work as well but as far as like storytelling vehicles go and I remember saying voice acting Yes, please give us more. And it was the same thing well, with the cinematics. I was like, yes, please give us more. Um, and Wrath, they...
0: that's interesting. You brought up that, though, because that's where we first got Garage and Sorfang talking. Yeah, yeah, we did. And that's there actually was, there was more important. more
1: interaction there than there than there had been before. And towards the tail end of Burning Crusade was when we started getting more of these like speeches and things like that that weren't necessarily just in a raid or whatever. But even the stuff that was like in the dungeons. I mean, hello. He look at Magister's Terrace. He gets to the end of Magister's Terrace and he- <laughs> Kael'thas has that big long speech about how things were merely a setback and da-da-da-da. And then when he dies he has a- this long spiel that goes on but when you go through um, oh my gosh, not Magister's Terrace the other one, the raid, Tempest Keep
0: Oh, s- Tempest Keep, yeah. When you
1: go through Tempest Keep and you get to the end of it and there's like that whole sequence that plays out. It's like this whole lore heavy sequence thing it was all stuff where I was like yes please I hope we get more of this A Burning Crusade in and of itself was kind of innovative anyway because it for the first time we had major NPCs that left where they had been for the entirety of World of Warcraft run and went places and did things like Thrall went to Nagrand and, and like talk to people and there was a whole sequence about it and everything like he had a conversation with Garrosh and told him about his dad and then you had Velen who was popping up all over the place and you had Leadron, who was doing her own thing there were all these stories that were going on in Silvermoon that you know you had to pay attention to the fact that they were happening but they were happening like right under your nose all of this stuff was going on so Burning Crusade kind of like upped the game story wise but I think Wrath is really where it started to take off in a really major way because that's when we started getting those in-game cinematic... That's when we got Wrathgate. And honestly, I think that Wrathgate really set the tone for everything that's come out of Blizzard down the pipeline. The cinematics team has grown so much from the days of Wrathgate and the stuff that they put out is just astonishing. It's so good.
0: It's so good, you guys. (laughs) Well, that's actually... There's one thing I think is actually overlooked when we're talking about what Wrath did to to WoW's story. Yeah, and that's the fact that it introduced the Death Knight starting zone. Yeah, it did. And the Death Knight starting zone is the first, isn't, the first isn't really... hero class. <laughs> yeah, but more importantly, I think it's the first time you got such a concentrated chunk of lore.
1: Yeah, in all something in that, that one you had,
0: spot. and you yeah. had to do something to get it. You had to like you couldn't just go there on your warrior and show up and just experience it. You had to play the Death Knight class to see it. And it's a lot. I mean, it, it sets up the whole thing. Where the Death Nights come from? Here, Here's your answer. What's Arthas doing? Here's part of your answer. What's going on with, with Tyrion? The last time I saw him, he was eating bugs out in the in the woods. Here's what he's been doing since you used to bring him maggot meat. Um, so there's – and it, it's interesting because there's a ton of voice acting in it. Obviously, you, you talk to the Lichkin all the time. You talk to Darien all the time. Tyrion has a speech. Uh, and – for me, it's going to always be a personal memory because of us doing it on the the Blizzard Watch stream. Because I still go back and watch the Corfax video from time to time because it's hilarious. Dude, that
1: was so funny! That was so like, funny. The fact that you guys and haven't... and the best part was that I I heard myself say, "Oh hey, Corfax, let's kill that guy." And then I'm like, "Oh no, wait, you guys are attacking somebody else." If we had killed Corfax at that point, maybe none of that would have happened. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Corfax I seemed know. like the, that would have just irritated him. Quite frankly, um, if everybody had that experience of Corfax by now, he would have been elevated to one of the big figures of World of Warcraft.
1: I know, right? He we, should we go be, in there. He should be just like the personal guard of Tyrion Fordring's body. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we went in there doing the thing and like suddenly Corfax just starts murdering us like one at a time and we, he, we can't stop him. We couldn't even fight him. Like we couldn't team up and fight him because we would lost the buff that let you fight those guys and he was just destroying us and we had to like at one point we had to like mount up i think i mounted up and i was just riding you away You could from
1: mount him. up i couldn't because i was just yeah. continually stuck in combat um yeah and liz died a couple of times over alex was just he couldn't even speak he was laughing no. so hard
0: i just kept i was on a night elf my my death night was a night elf so i shadow melded and then hit the mount yeah. button Yeah, and then when I was mounted Corfax switched to me and I just rode him around like he'll keep him away from everybody maybe they'll get to like res and talk to the guy and get the quest done that was so that's one of the memories I'm never going to forget it was so good was Fox still playing with us or was that like yes Fox was
1: still with us at that point because we had that whole that whole stream like okay the Corfax thing was like one of the highlights but that whole stream was just it was
0: very dark humor. (laughs) because obviously we're death knights you know (laughs) there was like that one was not. there's one of our earliest streams when fox decided i'm gonna not wear chest armor the whole time yeah that was pretty much like day
1: one he was like i'm not gonna wear chest armor i'm just not
0: we went to dun we went to dunmoreau for some reason uh and there's a there's a there's like a tunnel yes that leads to the the, to the searing gorge where mobs are level 50 and Ooh. for some reason, everybody decided to go down there but me. I was like, no, I'm staying up here. I know yeah, what's going to happen.
1: Forgot. I forgot about that. Oh. and
0: they, 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 So I start hearing shrieking as multiple level 50 spiders chased them, came running through the tunnel all the way into Dunroe and began murdering them. and they, 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 they didn't even to get escape. to the end
1: of the tunnel. You know why I went through that tunnel? Because I thought it was a different tunnel. That's why.
0: Oh, you thought it was one of the other tunnels I
1: thought it was the I thought it was one of the other tunnels because that's it look it's just confusing in that area, okay There's so many places that you could go there's so many w- different ways that you could turn, and yeah, we didn't even get all the way down the tunnel. It's like I think we got like maybe halfway down the tunnel, and the spiders just came for us because they knew yeah. we were there. <laughs> that, I just remember that tunnel used to be fox was definitely I wow was locked. Fox was definitely there for the Death Knight stream because I remember that he and Liz were both playing dwarves I want to say or no he was a dwarf and I think Liz was a gnome or something like that but I do remember that they both had to kill the same NPC for the whole Death Knight starter chain thing and I wasn't there when they had that happen I had come back to you guys but all of a sudden I hear Fox say there now we have a special secret that you and I can share (laughs) Like, yeah, so it was grim. A dark. That's, that whole <laughs> so thing was grim. pretty dark. <laughs> that was just a good stream. I missed the leveling stream. That was really fun. I don't know. Um I nice am still going to be playing like D&D again. folks by the way. I will Mischief will still be playing D&D and 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 be available for that because that's on Saturdays and we're just playing D&D. <laughs> I want to I want to play my t flake I'm sorry. I'm not done with this whole fascinating story that Rossi is w- weaving here. Um speaking of which, can we tell them when we're going to do the next one?
0: Uh sure. I think it's uh first week in January. Yeah, it's yeah. January
1: 5th. We will be getting together and we will be, do- be doing another the fifth edition. Or the fifth
0: okay i think it's the fifth
1: i want to say it's the 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 fifth originally no excuse me it's the fourth it's it's a saturday it's no yeah saturday the fourth sorry yeah so
0: we're doing one relatively soon after the last one usually we don't do them that close together but you know it lines up
1: it lines Um, up fine yeah which is good because i want to figure out where the cow people have sent us and and who these people are that we just started talking to you know that kind of thing. I, I, I really love that Like Liz's character was just like, do you even know what it means to stand watch? And Mischief's like, yeah, I was watching. These people showed up. They seem cool.
0: <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> supposed to let them just walk off. Uh, I rolled a five, Liz. <laughs> the f- for, favorite part for me was that I managed to, like. I finally got to use that Hobgoblin druid, not the Hobgoblin druid, a halfling druid I had for so long. Yeah. And I finally got to use it. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I, I was. I never. I, I was try very not to, excited when the have, cat started talking to me. Yeah, I try not to have expectations for what you guys are going to do because uh, I didn't actually plan a lot of this. Like, I mean, I had <laughs> stuff written down, but I didn't know where it was going to end up. Uh, I didn't think we'd be on the outer planes already, but that happens. It, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if you guys would figure out there was a place in the room you could have attacked and he would have hit, hit hit him. Oh. Uh, but you were not even close yeah
1: i was i was well when i put down the circle of darkness it was mostly like okay well if we came in from here and the thing crashed over here and the portal thing is right here then if i put the darkness over there maybe it'll hit him but i mean it wasn't like it was a very you guys
0: you guys perception checks were were coming in so bad that there was no way you were going to be able to target him Joe was,
1: Joe in the chat channel yeah. says I think the main thing is that your character didn't even think to wake us up yeah no she was I mean she was having a conversation <laughs> it was a perfectly pleasant conversation with a talking cat <laughs> I but should yeah. have I should have woken everybody up right away. I, I mischief will remember that for next time. Provided they actually like let her take watch again.
0: I don't know. They might not. You don't. <laughs> nobody in your group even has a good perception, so no. it's like anybody taking the watch. You should probably double up on watches, but you know I'm not yeah. going to tell you what to do. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just I, funny.
1: I'm thinking that that next time that would probably be you know a good idea.
0: But, yes. It, and I had forgotten completely that you guys had two people with the Helms of Comprehend Languages on. Um, so, that was written to be much more likely that you'd get into a fight with the cow people. Um, <laughs> for one thing, because you, you had Fizzle in your group. Uh, and oh, yes. He, you know, he was like, can I Thunderwave a bunch of them? So, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to be a fight. Uh, I kind of figured that that was, was going to happen. But then... Liz had the helmet, comprehend languages, and she rolled spectacularly poorly on her perception check. So the little cow, the little cow child, the calf, just walked right out into your group before you noticed him. And I was like, I figured you'd notice him way sooner. And thus, you know, the, the others would uh, get it. They would get agitated and come over. But you didn't. So that's how things ended. D&D, everybody. You never know what's going to happen. Um, it's always fine. You, did you want to try and do a couple of... Questions in the chat channel, or do you want to just...
1: Anybody in the chat channel got any questions for us before we wrap it up here? Because, you know, that's a thing. We can answer questions, and I don't mind doing that at all. We're going to give them a minute or two to actually, like, start doing stuff and and typing things because there's a delay going on here. Sorry that this show has been just kind of all over the place, guys, but um, it's my last show for a while. So deal with it. Sunglasses. Um. Also, (laughs) if you want to, like, you know... Make sure that we have stuff that we can answer in future shows and things like that. You could send an email to podcast at com. Be sure to put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know it's for this show. Or you could drop by our Discord and drop a question in the Q&Podcast questions channel. Either which way, we'll actually have something to answer. And I say we because I'm used to saying we, but I don't mean we. I mean you and I mean your new co-host. Which, by the way, can we say that? Are we allowed to talk about who?
0: I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, no one's, we've been talking about it, so.
1: You guys, you guys. I know you enjoy Joe over on Lore Watch. Well, you're going to get a double dose of Joe because Joe is actually going to join Rossi here on the Blizzard Watch podcast as well for the time being. And I'm sure that the two of them are just going to have boatloads of fun. It's going to be a blast. Uh, they said, we have one question in here. Game resolutions for 2020. Do you have hmm. any? Are there any games that you're like looking forward to like playing?
0: Yes, and they're all old games. Um,
1: what are you looking for?
0: Uh, I want to get to play Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a game I didn't mm. get to play because it was a PlayStation in- exclusive. And as far as I know, it's remaining a PlayStation exclusive. But I, I hope
1: is that I the, play That's it. the one where it takes place in, like, actually Colorado and stuff.
0: I don't know. I think I know this robot dinosaurs. That's what oh, I know.
1: No, that might not be the game that I am thinking of. You are thinking There's maybe game... the Last of
0: Us or something.
1: No, no, there or... was a game. There was a game that my nephews were playing, where it turned out that the whole thing was like taking place in Denver because, like, they went into the stadium, like the Denver Stadium, where the Broncos were,
0: and they were really surprised by that. Nope, I have no idea. Okay, all I know about Horizon Zero Dawn is that you you play as a woman named Aloy. And you shoot robot dinosaurs. Okay, well, that's it. That's all I know. I want to play that. I want to play the new God of War because that's supposedly really good. Um, Those two games that they also played Horizon
1: Zero Dawn because they mentioned that game and they said that they really really liked it. So,
0: yeah, Uh, one of the things that people kept talking about was how they thought that um, of the three games that got talked about a lot in terms of being big open world games, it was like it's four games. It was Spider Man. It was Assassin's Creed Odyssey it was god of war and it was rise Zero dawn and then it was red dead redemption 2 but red dead redemption 2 is its own thing yeah i don't even think of red dead redemption 2 in the same breath as those other games it's its own weird are weird you talking
1: thing. about god of war like the boy that one
0: yeah okay. boy the one the guy from stargate who you know who you know might show up in our D&D game cuz you know i thought no
1: I've, oh no I've, i was i
0: was just i was just being really happy that we missed him <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's actually a lot over again. (laughs) Yay. No, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You don't. So don't worry about it. I think for me, the biggest things that
1: I'm looking forward to in 2020 is, um, I'm sorry, I have to say it, Animal Crossing because I've been waiting for a new Animal Crossing title for a very long time now, along with everybody else on the planet who enjoys that game. I love Animal Crossing. It's a little slice of chill gameplay in the middle of sometimes chaotic real life. And sometimes all you want to do is just talk to your animal buddies and, and get them some fish, you know? And I really like the idea of having like a vacation spot. It looks kind of interesting. The new mechanics look interesting. But I'm also pretty confident that Nintendo... Nintendo is really good about like preserving the flavor of Animal Crossing no matter what variant you happen to be playing. So I don't think that they're going to do anything too drastic with the Animal Crossing that everybody knows and loves because they know why we like it. Um, even Pocket Camp. I mean, I still play Pocket Camp and everything. Even Pocket Camp, even though it's a very different style of game and everything, it still maintains that whole flavor of here's some animals, friendly animals, talk to them, make friends, get them fish, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I I truly stuff.
0: (laughs) I'm not much of an Animal Crossing player, but I played the original all those years ago. Yeah. I remember that one. Because I had the GameCube, so I was like, yeah, I'll play that. But I remember, I
1: didn't play it, but um, uh, one of my roommates, he had a GameCube, so he, well, he brought his GameCube with him, and he also brought Animal Crossing with him, and we would watch him play, Um, and then anytime he would get, there was this cat character named, I think Blanca or something like that, and you could draw their face, like you could draw their face on, they asked for help, and you could draw their face on, and he would always hand us the controllers and let us draw the faces because we were better at it and also he wanted to see what we could do and we would come up with some of the most ridiculous stuff (laughs) anyway um, I don't think that we have anything yeah I don't think we have any kind of um I don't think we have any other questions in the chat channel so I guess we could
0: go ahead and wrap it up here if we wanted to you good with that no but eventually I do have to let you leave so I know (laughs) in honor of you I've done one last transmog
1: oh have you let me see here it is Ooh, I like that one. I like that sword. That sword is one of my favorite sword models in the game,
0: really. It goes really well with that set. It, yeah, it, it does. Looks, the set is actually older. The set's from Alduar, and that sword came from Trial of the Crusader. Yeah. But, yeah. I um, quite, quite like that I don't that know weapon. why, but for some reason, this set reminded me of you. I don't know why. I think it's because... It's
1: the double I horns? Wore a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. I don't think that's what I was going to say, but sure. What were you going to say? <laughs> I, I think it's because I used to use it a lot. When Transmog came out, we were we were raiding uh, Cataclysm together, and Transmog came out right Man. around the time that we were raiding together. So. Dude,
1: do you remember? It was like every raid we showed up in different outfits. <laughs> well,
0: because I had the mount. Yeah, I so know. It like, was great. I would get on it constantly, and just like I remember doing the Transmog mount just before Ultraxian because uh, you could mount up there. And so, we would like, we would do all the tracks. It and wasn't a transmog lo- mount at that point, though. It was a reforging mount. No, it was Cataclysm because they came out with ref- with trans. Oh no, you're right. I don't know why I was thinking that, but you're right. That was uh, Miss. You was used to
1: mount up changes. all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say you used to mount up all the time in Miss of Pandaria too. Like whenever we
0: were. Yeah. yeah. That was I remember because that was uh, what do you call it? Um, the, thund- the Thunder King raid. Throne uh, of Thunder. Throne of Thunder. Yeah. yeah. That was when I was doing that. I just, but yeah, we would we would change our transmogs as much. I remember leaving. I I left just before we did spine. Like we were doing, we did the the boat fight and we, we, you yes, know, and like before he even like I was like I gotta leave, and the guildmaster like okay uh how long are you gonna be I'm like five minutes I just have to be, I have to head back into org, and he like he he stopped the raid and gave me time to go back into org, and he's like why are you going back to org I'm like oh I gotta change my transmog. <laughs> It's <laughs> like what? Like I mean, I look. I can't. I can't do the spine I, looking like this. I, I look. I look. I look like a mess here. I gotta go fix things. Yeah, I just got new gear. I have to transmog it. What are you crazy? <laughs> that was the
1: part it's that like... was so cool about getting the transmog mount, though, was when they changed it so that it was a transmog mount. You could mount up, and and we could switch stuff. Like every time we got a new piece of gear you could we just like mount up and then change the gear so that it matched our transmog because you couldn't go through a raid without looking fly, you know what i mean? Like you That's had like, to look
0: good. <laughs> people don't understand. Before transmog, i was a miserable pile of secrets. I just couldn't <laughs> handle it. And when that when they when they brought transmog in seriously, i'm not even kidding. I went back to org at one point like 6 times in a raid because i got gear 6 times. I went back to org 6 times. To get my transmog, I, I usually like snuck myself out, but for spine, I was suddenly tanking, so everybody was aware that I wasn't there. Like I seriously, yeah. I missed, I missed a boss fight. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the the woman who does the the all the the, the shaman just before Ultraxian.
1: I can't remember her name, but I know who you're but, talking you know, about—the one I with all the ice fight. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah,
0: I missed that fight once just because I was back in Orgrimmar transmogging out a piece of gear I'd gotten. But that was back when I was DPS and no one cared when, when I was tanking suddenly everyone was very aware of where I was at all times. So I had to like to go, okay, I have to, I, I just got that new chest plate. I have to go back to org. And uh, he's like, okay, fine. Thinking I was, you know, doing something to it.
1: Thinking you were like reforging or doing something that was like yeah. actually useful. And the thing is, is if you hadn't said anything,
0: he no, probably yeah, I,
1: never would have known.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was upfront with it. I, not i'm not my fault he didn't understand my how important it was that my my chest plate match i had to match i can't go into a fight not matching i mean come on
1: that's crazy talk i mean let's be let's be real here he had the same transmog like when transmog came out he transmog to like one set and he pretty much stuck with that set and that was it i think yeah, it was the fireland set and and he stuck with that for like
0: yeah forever the rest of the yeah but but he didn't a lot understand of people their did fascination
1: that. some days it just felt like a purple leather kind of days some days it felt like you know i'm going to
0: look dressed like i belong in zulgarub yeah it's like i remember i just remember like the helmet that the Toren had to wear the deathwing helmet opens up on the Toren. it doesn't cover their their lower jaw yes so their their Toren face is sticking out the front of it it's and it so just funny. looks like it looks like you're going to get punched in the chin and then your helmet is going to bite you. Yep. So I could not wear that helmet. I could not. So I had to go transmog. It was very important. It really wasn't, but that was us. We oh. uh, we had different views of what was important <laughs> in, in raids. <rights. laughs> yeah. This is going to it's going to be weird. This will be the first time I haven't spoken to you at least once a week for Forever. 8 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be bizarre. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, I'll soon have Joe to, to torment. It's that'll, okay. That'll the two have to of do. you can
1: torment each other. Maybe sometimes you can even bring in Mitch and torture him, too. You never know.
0: Oh, me, I didn't throw him into a body of water at BlizzCon. That's my personal failure. Yeah, right
1: there. I know. I, I heard about that. Or rather, I heard about how that didn't happen. I was very disappointed. But it's okay. There's always yeah. next year.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going next year, but uh, we'll see, we'll okay. see what happens.
1: All right. Uh, but- anyway, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash BlizzardWatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. And I'm tearing up. I'm <laughs> sorry, Ann. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah.
0: Things will be fine. Um guys, you'll notice we didn't do any emails this week. It's because we didn't have any emails. Please uh, send us some emails. You can send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. They can be on any subject. They can be in any Blizzard game. They can be lore. They can be not lore. Whatever you want. Just It's really hard to do the show when we don't get any emails. Uh, you can also go to our Discord server and go to pa- you know Patreon. It's Patron, Q, and Podcast Questions. It's it's the channel in Discord. And you can leave a question there as well. You can tell us if it's for this show or if it's for the queue or if it's for lore watch you can put that right in there and we'll we'll use them on whatever show they're for or for the queue if this one they're for uh um i'm having a hard time saying goodbye (laughs) on this one because yeah this is well I'll, i'll get to see you sunday uh, we'll, 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 you we'll will we'll We're do, still we'll doing Warwatch Watch
1: And we will still have D&D And you can torment my character in terrible ways So you know I
0: don't. All I have to do in D&D is have things happen in your character I know my character is just like completely
1: agog And has no idea what's happening And just talks to talking cats and things.
0: <laughs> I never know what's going to happen um, Thank you for being here And uh, I will hopefully be here next week